0: Hello and welcome to Rytopia Labs Worldwide Radio Plays Festival, a podcast of 40 plays written by young playwrights ages 8 to 18 from all across the country, directed, performed, and designed by professional artists. Brought to you by the Mellon Foundation and the Rosenthal Family Foundation. This year's theme is Heroes and Monsters, Plays Against Fear. Now in our 11th season of the Worldwide Plays Festival, We challenged our playwrights to write toward the monsters, be they internal, external, systemic, real, or imaginary, and vanquish them. What you're about to hear are four hilarious, brilliant, provocative, evocative, and thoroughly theatrical plays written by young playwrights. If you like what you listen to, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes, because we will be podcasting four plays each week for ten weeks. And if you're a young person who wants to write a play, a story, a poem, a song, or anything at all, please check out Rytopialab.org. And if you're an older person who wants to help out our nonprofit, please go to rytopialab.org slash donate. Alright, time for the show.
1: There's a monster under my bed by me, Stella Pyrovolakis.
2: Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Uh,
3: good night, James. Go to sleep and stop screaming. You're going to wake up the neighbors.
2: Can I have a good night hug? I'm busy. Oh. Who's there? (laughs) Mom?
4: Hey, you want some cookies?
2: (laughs) Uh, uh,
3: What is it?
2: I'm working. Mom. There was a monster under my bed. It was cackling and scratching and talking to... James! There are no monsters under your bed. Go to
3: sleep. But... Good night.
4: Hey, you sure you don't, uh, want any of these, uh, cookies? (laughs) They're, uh... Really good.
2: (laughs) Hey, kiddo, how'd you sleep last night? Dad, there were monsters under my bed. It was scratching and hissing and being really mean. Uh... Well, uh, not monsters. One monster, I think. Oh! Uh... It's hard to tell. They all sound the same. You have such a great imagination, kiddo. I'm gonna go to work. Bye.
3: And I'll be brushing my teeth upstairs.
2: Can you tuck me in later tonight? Sure. Sure. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad.
3: Good night, James. And go to sleep. Stop screaming. You're going to wake up the neighbors!
2: Can I have a good night hug?
3: I'm busy working.
2: Oh. If there are any monsters under my bed tonight, they had better not say anything. Good monsters. Good, evil, murderous monsters. Hey, I said
4: no noise. No, you didn't. You said, if there are
2: any monsters under my bed tonight, they had better not say anything. Talking is different than humming. Well, you're talking now, and you were humming, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. (laughs) That's creepy. I had it stuck in my head. Oh.
4: Oh, come on. I get lonely, too, sometimes. Why am I talking to you? I'm charming like that, aren't I? Oh, yes, I am.
2: Uh, yeah, very. Hey, want to do some karaoke? Uh, well, I, uh, I I think my parents won't like that. (sighs) Just a small-town girl living in a lonely world. Uh, my mom is gonna be
4: kind of mad. Took the midnight train going anywhere? Just a city
2: boy, born and raised in South Detroit. Stop. Stop! My parents are probably awake already. Oh, they're going to be so mad.
4: Oh, you don't like that song? No. Okay, I'll do a different song. No, 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 no. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down my
2: spine. <laughs> You're not even a skeleton. What? Yeah, I, I know. They're just cool. They're what your song said spooky and scary. But they're still cool. If one skeleton met another skeleton, would they both shiver? Oh, and, and what would a uh, skeleton shivering look like? It, it, it would probably look like this. Hi. Uh...
4: Nice seeing you.
5: Uh,
4: yeah. So, um, is that... What a shivering skeleton would look like?
2: (laughs) 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 So... Did you guys hear any singing last night?
3: I thought I heard something, but I just figured that was our neighbor's. I was
2: asleep. <sighs> Wait, was that you, James? No, it was the monster I told you about. You know, that monster under my bed?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, uh, tell the monster that after bedtime, no talking.
2: Ah. Okay, fine. They do not believe me now. But they know not of my devious plan. (laughs) And then, you'll be sitting at the foot of my bed, and they'll come in and see you. And then, we'll high-five. Great plan, right?
4: Are you sure? It's pretty late. They might think it's just your stuffed monster toy, which, by the way, is completely inaccurate. Never in my life have I ever seen a monster that looks anything like that.
2: But they don't know that, so... Relax. My stuffed dragon is red. You're green. There's a difference. (sighs) Fine. All right. Let's go! Places, everyone! Mom? Dad? There's a monster! Help! Help! What is it?
4: Ah!
2: Don't worry, Mom! My monster is friendly! What is that? My monster! Shoot! Shoot! Get out! Mom! Stop! Stop. Oh, what is it?
4: Your kid's best friend. When someone's been giving him absolutely no attention at all, the least you could do is tuck your poor kid in at night.
3: Excuse me?
4: Well, I'm right.
3: Who are you to talk to me about parenting? You're a green, spiky thing. How did you even get in here anyway?
4: Us spiky things, we have a way of getting under beds. But that's besides the point.
3: So what is? Say it quick and get out fast.
4: Alrighty then. Pay attention to
6: your kid!
3: <gasps> How dare you? I do pay attention to James.
6: Um, What?
3: nothing. Here's
4: what. Your kid wants some attention and you're not giving it to him. Every morning you tell him you'll give him a good night hug, and every night you don't. You're always busy. At least set aside five minutes to give James a good night hug. Uh,
3: pff, I-, I do give James good night hugs. Right, James?
2: According to my log, yes. See? Four months and 27 days ago.
3: Hmm. Uh, uh, James, are you sure that's right? Maybe uh, you're
2: missing... Nope. Pretty sure it's right.
3: Pretty sure?
2: Positive.
3: Just positive? Not absolutely sure? If you're not completely and utterly positive, then... Okay, then. I don't really...
2: I am absolutely, completely... Utterly. Entirely. Fully. Thoroughly. Extensively. Greatly. Abundantly. Adequately. Definitely. Absolutely. Fittingly. Properly. Richly. Certainly.
5: Positive.
2: Hmm. Okay. I'm really
3: sorry, James. I should have given you the attention you needed... I was just so focused on work and when I should have been focusing on... Ha!
4: I told you so! Maybe you should listen to me every once in a while, eh? Because last I checked, you just agreed with me! Maybe you should have done it sooner! Maybe Hey! Stop it!
2: Thanks, Mom.
3: You're welcome. Hmm. Good night, James.
2: Good night, Mom.
4: Hey, lady, I better see that hug happen every night.
3: James, hun, when is the monster leaving?
7: There's a Monster Under My Bed was written by Stella Pyrovalakis. It was directed by Emily Hartford. The sound producer was Sarah Penchief and featured the voices of David Quinn, Dave Chura, and Brittany Chapa, Stella's Rytopia Lab instructor was Alexandra Cole. It's For the Best by Emanuela Chucumweza.
8: It's for the best. You know it could never work.
9: But that's not what you were saying two months ago.
8: Times were different then. I met different people. I moved
9: on. You should too. This was six months ago when Luca proposed we break up. He said that he didn't feel a connection anymore, but I'm more than 110% sure it was because of Bianca. Bianca is the girl that moved to our high school last year. She is the prettiest girl in school at the moment. Now, I'm not saying that Luca and I started dating because I was the prettiest girl at school before, you know, Bianca. I'm sure that's not at all how it started. Luca and I actually started as best friends, and the. Actually, I'm not gonna bore you with my life story. All you need to know is that two months after we began to date, he broke up with me, and I'm pretty sure it was because of Bianca. Don't think that I'm paranoid either. I have proof. One time I found it. Actually, never mind. Too much life story. So, where was I? I- Breakup, two months, uh, blah, 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 Bianca. Oh, yeah, so you just witnessed our breakup cut short because the whole thing is my life story and, you know, we don't do life stories. I cried and cried for weeks over the breakup. One month, to be exact. You know, people say that you're supposed to mourn your breakup for half the time you date someone. The frick? Like, what if we dated for two years? You expect me to mourn our breakup for one year? What if I meet someone new in six months? Like, am I supposed to wait another six months before I can date that person? But like, now that I know this, I, I feel so bad not mourning our relationship for half the time we dated. And oh, I am getting off topic here. <laughs> so we broke up. I cried. My friends helped me get over him, parties and such. Then fast forward to three months after the breakup and Luca and Bianca started dating. Wow, what a surprise. So I did what I do best. I cried. My friends took me to parties and I partied my worries away. I studied and generally became a better person. Two months after they started dating, Bianca broke up with Luca to date Marcus, his brother. (laughs) My friends and I celebrated that one. (laughs) About one week later, Bianca stopped coming to school, and rumors were she was too afraid to come to school because she cheated on Luca. What goes around comes back around, I guess. The same day Bianca's disappearance was hitting eight days, Luca came up to me in the hallway of school, and he said, oh wait, I've been talking for a while, so I'll just act it out for you. Fun! Hey. Hi.
8: How's life been treating you?
9: Good. I guess it could be better. For starters, it would be nice if my boyfriend hadn't cheated on me after two months. The shade. Oh. Okay. We're going there. I tried to walk away. Before you hear this, just know the next part is going to be cringe. Luca grabbed my arm.
8: I know. And I'm sorry. We had something. Something that can never be replaced. Something special.
9: The frick? Are you kidding me right now? What happened to, I met different people. I moved on. You should too.
8: I was blind. I never realized how much I loved you until I lost you.
9: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just choking on all your bull. I walked away. Kind of rude, but he deserves it. You can't just cheat on me and expect me to just forget about it. So anyway, these encounters in the halls went on for about a month. Then Marcus and I got paired up in a science project requiring one of us to meet up with the other. Imagine my fright, was I gonna have to see Luca? I spent weeks planning our first meetup for the project. I tried to convince him that going to my house or the library would be better, but he didn't agree. I was shook to the core but I kept cool and just planned for when we would meet. I tried to make it on a day when Luca wasn't there, but Luca was there almost every day. I mean, I get he lives there, but still. Eventually, I chose a day when Luca had a party to go to, so he would only be there for a short amount of time. As soon as I walked in the house, a strong smell hit me at once. It was not a good one either. It smelled like manure and Perfume had a baby. I stood there with this face of confusion that I now realize must have been hideous. Luca appeared at the doorway with a hoodie and sweats. I held back the urge to laugh. The malodorous smell was coming from him.
8: Hey again, you. I see you finally taking me up on my offer.
9: Ha, funny.
8: Why are you here then?
9: Not that you need to know, but... I'm here to work on my project with your brother.
8: Really? Cause he's coming to the party with me.
9: What? But why didn't he tell me? I,
8: I can't talk now. He, he already left for the party. You can come with me though. I'm driving, so we'll be there soon. I- You don't have to. I just thought you'd want to talk to him. Maybe find out why he lied.
9: I'll come. Okay. We got into his car. Why are we so far from civilization right now?
8: (laughs) The party is far off in the woods.
9: Oh, why?
8: The host had a cabin in the woods, so I'm guessing they wanted to show it off.
9: Okay. We pulled up.
8: We're here.
9: We're where?
8: At the party.
9: Doesn't look like much of a party to me.
8: I don't know. It's probably just getting started.
9: Okay. Okay, so I'm going to spare you from our whole convo. Just know that we had a whole argument about whether we should go in or not. Eventually, I went in and found... (gasps) Drumroll, please! Just kidding. I'll act it out for you wonderful people. (laughs) Um... (laughs) You have a Bianca on your floor.
8: I know, now you're next.
9: (laughs) (laughs) He locked the door.
8: I'm gonna tie you up now.
9: So if you haven't caught on yet, Luca kidnapped Bianca, and he tricked me into coming here so he could kidnap me as well. Why? Well, Bianca, because she cheated on him. And me, because I didn't love him back.
8: There. Now I can have you all to myself.
9: (laughs) Bianca's mouth was covered, but mine wasn't. Let us go. Okay.
8: Really? Say you love me and we will always be together. Then date me, and promise me we'll get married at 18.
9: What? No! You're crazy, and I will never love you. I just realized how cringy this must be, so we'll skip it. If I'm being really honest, the cabin was really nice, and I would actually stay there if I wasn't being held hostage. So Luca took a shower. Then he made us food and fed it to us. After a while of watching TV, he went to sleep. Bianca was about to go to sleep on the cold, hard floor of the living room. But I stopped her. Let's leave this dungeon. With what plan? Do you see the plate with the knife on it? Yes. We can use it to cut ourselves free. Then we run till we see civilization.
10: Um, I don't know.
9: Okay, you can stay here. I'm leaving. She watched as I scooted over to the knife and cut myself free. Then I proceeded to gather my things and head for the door.
10: Wait! with you
9: help me get free i cut her free as she gathered her belongings luca still sound asleep in his bedroom we slowly but quietly creeped towards the door right as we were about to leave bianca tripped on the table that was by the door and fell ouch what the heck what's going on here run bianca struggled to her feet and started running We ran and ran for what seemed like hours from Luca until we saw lights. It was an upcoming car. I waved to the car frantically. Help! Help, sir! Please help us! With Luca only a few yards behind us, I run up to the car, which has now proceeded to slow down and plead for the driver to help us. Without hesitating, the driver let us in and drove to a police station. From the back window, I can see Luca standing there trying to catch his breath. We arrived at the police station and Bianca and I told our stories. Court trials were held. Luca was found guilty and sent to a mental institution. Marcus, his accomplice in this whole thing, the guy who let his girlfriend be captured by his brother, you know, the one who almost got me, actually, no, the guy who did get me kidnapped, he got nothing. Mine and Bianca's lawyer tried to get Marcus in jail or just away from us. But he just got placed under probation. Bianca and I started as not knowing each other, to befriending each other, and fearing the brother of the guy who almost killed us.
7: It's For the Best was written by Emanuela Chukumweza. It was directed by Sergio Castillo, and the sound producer was Sarah Pencheff, and featured the voices of Jordan Randolph, Brett Radick, and Gabby Fernandez. Emanuela's Rytopia Lab instructor was Danielle Sheeler in partnership with PS89 and Mrs. Levine.
1: What is taking them so long? I mean, I told them both they had to be early. We need a lot of time for this project.
10: (sighs) Lauren, I'm so sorry for being late. It's just that the bus was delayed and then I got off at the wrong stop, but that's no excuse. I know we're all supposed to be here on time.
1: Sabine, calm down. You're fine. Besides, Priscilla isn't even here yet. I mean, she can't be on time for anything, not even this stupid project to decorate the classroom. I wish we could have assigned our own groups. I'm sorry, Lauren. But seriously,
10: where is Priscilla?
1: Hello. Oh, finally you made it. I can see you you took your own sweet time to get here. We're eight minutes behind schedule, and we still have to decide what we're going to do. Oh no,
11: eight minutes behind? What will we do now? Come
10: on, let's start working.
1: Okay, so we're in charge of a poster for the classroom. Easy. No, not easy. Posters are hard. We need a slogan to represent Miss Fink's class for the poster and decorate it. That's a lot of work, Priscilla.
11: No, I said easy because it'll be easy for me. You think I'm going to be doing the hard work? Yes,
1: actually, we all have to play
11: a part, including you.
10: Okay, I'll check my book to see what we already have.
1: Um, nothing. Well, let's
10: get working! Okay, I can be in charge of the designs. Polka
1: dots? Perfect. Priscilla? Priscilla, get off your phone! Get out of my face! (laughs) You have to work on this project too! Ugh!
11: Can I do the smallest job?
10: Sure. Oh my god, thank you so much for deciding to help, Priscilla.
1: Seriously, Sabine? Sabine is one of my best friends, but sometimes she's too nice, and to people who don't deserve it. I mean, do you see how Priscilla's treating us? I just wish she would be on my side. Sorry. So, what's the smallest job? You can get the markers.
11: Oh, sure. I'll be right back.
1: Oh. My. God what is wrong with her she's so rude well i'm sure she has a reason for being so mean oh yeah like what hey she should be back by now the art room is just across the hall oh no wait a second did she leave why don't you go check oh <gasps> She left! I can't believe her! She just walked out on us! Lauren, I'm sure she has a reason. I'm back! Ah, finally! And you have a tray of beans? Oh, these? Yeah, they aren't for me. They're for you. You! How could
11: you? Whoops! I'm going to go sit over here.
1: That's it. I've had it with her. Calm down, Lauren. It was only a mistake. No, she laughed. It was not a mistake. And plus, she can't get away with this and acting up earlier. Here, I'll get you a napkin. No, no, it's okay. Okay. Sometimes I feel like a bad person around Sabine. I mean, she's always so nice and calm, and I just don't get it. Hey, can I ask you something? Sure. Sure. How are you always so nice? How do you always stay calm when Priscilla talks to you like that? (sighs) Is everything okay? Yeah, yeah. It's all fine. Fine. Okay. I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't know what. Sabine was so nice, but maybe there was a reason behind it. I decided to do some investigating. I have to go to the bathroom. Hold on, guys. Be right back. I always see Sabine with a pink book that has her initials on it. I think it might be her diary. It's in her backpack somewhere. I know this isn't the right thing to do, but at least I know she won't get mad. Aha! Here it is. Her pink diary. Well, well,
11: well. What do we have here? What? What kind of friend are
1: you going through Sabine's diary? Well, I was just... The truth is, Priscilla's right. What was I thinking? I can't believe it though. Priscilla is helping me be a better person out of all people. I guess she isn't all bad. And besides, she might have a
11: reason for not telling you everything.
1: Okay, people. Breaks over. Back to work. Okay, I think we should write, Welcome to Ms. Fink's Classroom in bold letters, and we can color them in with designs. No way. That's so boring. We, we need to do something more original and pink. A pink poster? This poster is supposed to represent our class. It can't be just one color. Guys, stop arguing, please. We have to work as a group. We want
10: something fun, different, and exciting. Something that'll catch people's eyes. We should have more than just designs and colors. Let's come up with a class slogan.
1: Okay, well, how about, we got
11: class? We got class? We are a class. That's called a pun. A terrible one.
1: What about, learn something new every day? Wow, sounds like you pulled that out of a magazine. Sabine, what do you think? I
10: like them both, but maybe we could do something more, I don't know, like a motto.
11: Then what's your great idea, huh? I mean, come on, Sabine. You're just a new girl. You don't know anything.
10: Oh, well,
1: like kindness is everything. Miss Fink says that a lot. No, that won't work. Then Priscilla couldn't be in the class. She didn't used to be like that.
11: Yeah, and Sabine wasn't always so perfect. What? You can tell her. When I was in elementary school, I was always picked on for my clothes and my voice. So when I got to fifth grade, I decided it was time for things to change. So I became a bully too. I liked bullying. I got power from it. But I realize now that
1: I shouldn't have done that. Seriously? I'm supposed to believe what you just told me, Priscilla? I mean, come on. That is such a sob story. I don't buy it. And even if it was true, how does that make up for everything you've done? It doesn't. Sabine, can you believe this? Yes.
10: I used to bully Priscilla.
1: Wait, what?
10: Yeah. I'm sorry for not telling you sooner, but I just wanted to forget about it all. I I hated being a bully, and I never got anything out of it. I started bullying because I wanted to be popular. I wanted power and... I thought bullying others would help me.
1: But Sabine, you're like the nicest person I've ever met. I can't imagine you being mean to anyone. Well, she was. And she really ruined me.
11: Now, ever since then, I have wasted my time being mean to people. I have no friends. And I'm not even happy.
10: I'm so sorry. I know it's hard to get over something like this, but I want us to be friends. You were always a nice girl. I should have never taken that away from you.
1: I'm really sorry, guys, but I'm still confused. People change, Lauren.
11: Yeah, for better or worse. And Lauren, I'm really sorry for annoying you earlier. It's just, it's it's hard to accept you when you're friends with my elementary school tormentor.
0: Okay,
10: I understand. Now, come on, let's finish this project.
11: Okay. I'll go get the markers. And don't worry, I'll come back this
1: time. (laughs) But seriously, do you think she will?
11: Right here. Ready? Let's do this.
10: So, what should our motto be?
1: There's a fine line between heroes and monsters. I think everyone can learn from that. I love it.
10: Okay, it's done! Voila!
1: That looks... Awesome! We did it, guys!
11: Now, come on! Let's go present it to this class!
1: Hello, classmates! May I present to you... The poster of Ms. Sphinx's class!
10: This poster has a very important lesson on it that everyone should know.
11: Now, what does a fine line between heroes and monsters mean, you may ask? And the answer is exactly what it sounds like. No one is perfect. Everyone has multiple sides to them.
1: That's right. So those people that call you mean or nice, just know that that word doesn't define them.
10: They might have another side to them or a reason for acting how they act. So please, Miss Fink, fellow classmates, remember that fine line.
11: Great job, guys. Come on, let's go to lunch.
10: I have a sandwich. Lauren, how about you? Pasta.
11: I have school lunch.
10: Aw, I mean, it doesn't look so bad. Here, let me try it. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe don't eat that.
1: You can have some of my pasta. Thanks. (gasps) Oops, I'm so sorry. Lauren, this is my favorite
10: shirt and you spilled juice all over it.
11: Sabine, it's okay.
1: Sorry, it's just, you know... It's a new shirt, but it's okay. Hey, listen, I know it's upsetting. It's okay to be a little mad. And besides, the shirt wasn't even
11: that pretty. Priscilla! I, I mean, I, I never said it looked bad on her. You know what? Let's just change the subject. <laughs>
1: <laughs> As you can see, we're all getting along now and we're just being ourselves. Priscilla isn't a monster, and Sabine isn't a hero. We're all just, well, us. School's out. You
10: guys want to get ice cream? (gasps) Yes. Definitely.
7: A Fine Line was written by Sarah Rubinstein. It was directed by Kate Morhini. The sound producer was Kiara Johnson and it featured the voices of Hannah Matuso, Gabi Fernandez, and Zaida Pietre. Sarah's Rytopia Lab instructor was Yael Shek. Even Your Enemies Can Become Your Friends by me, Nabiha Islam.
6: Uh, Sorry, Uh, just trying to get to school. Can't even carry some book bag? You look like my grandpa, you know. Uh,
5: oh, I, I uh, didn't see you there.
6: Oh, you're blind too, eh? No wonder you wear those foul glasses of yours.
5: Oh no, 10 minutes till class starts. <laughs> what
6: did you say? 10 minutes until class starts? Oh, please. <sighs> Anyways, I don't want to be caught talking to someone like you. <sighs> Out of the way, please. Ugh. Ah! I'll get going. Let's see if you can get yourself up. Good luck.
5: (laughs) Four minutes left till class begins. Oh, no. No. No.
12: Ethan. What are you doing at school so late? Come on. Come on. Class started ages ago.
5: Yes, Ms. Hester. I'm going to class.
12: Why so late, Ethan?
5: I, I, um...
12: Actually, no need for an explanation. Come sit at your seat. I am grouping you all for your science project. You are to be presenting a detailed explanation on the differences between you and your partner's physical appearance. Cassandra and Victor. And that leaves us with Ethan and Jackson to be partners. Now that I have assigned you all partners, you are not to change them unless I tell you to. You are able to work on this at home if you like. Remember to include facts about heredity, not genetics. The project is due next Monday, and you will all present on the following Tuesday. If I do not receive your project on that Monday, it will be an automatic zero. Understood? Yes,
9: Yes, Missy. Good.
6: Ethan. Oh, what? Listen, I told my mom about the science project we have to work on. My mom loves visitors, so she told me to bring you over.
5: All right, then. Uh, Give me a second so I can tell my mom about it.
6: Okay. You done? Yeah. All right, then. Come on. Whoa. Your house is really... Big. Unlike yours. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mom, this is my classmate, Ethan.
12: Oh, how lovely. You can call me Mrs. Landon, Ethan, dear.
5: Okay, Mrs. Landon.
12: Well, Ethan, is Jackson a good friend of yours? Um, he... Yeah, he is, Mom. Yeah, he is. That's good, then. Now, you two can go upstairs while I finish something I've got to do in the kitchen.
5: Okay then. Your room looks... good.
6: Thanks. We have to get working. Are you human enough for this project, Ethan? <laughs> Honestly, you are and act like a dead cow in my opinion. Unless you're
5: blind, you can clearly see what I am. I have five fingers, five toes, two eyes, one nose, and a brain that clearly works harder than yours. So, I'm a human, and I shouldn't be treated like a dead cow or how you treat me.
6: Never knew someone like you could choke that out. Uh,
5: Oh yeah? Then, maybe you could explain to your mom about the lie you told her about us being friends. Well, I did it for the sake of my life. If
6: I said that- Alright
5: then. If it really matters to you, then maybe you can start getting your act together when I'm around.
6: <sighs> Fine then. Let's just finish this.
5: Okay then. But you should still take my advice.
6: Me and Ethan both studied our looks, and researched about heredity. This presentation is what we produced, based on what we know and what we found out.
5: Heredity is when a child gains physical looks from their parents or other relatives. For example, I wear glasses and have jet black hair. I inherited this from my father. I have hazel colored eyes and my hair is wavy. I inherited this from my mother. I have golden skin, which is also from my mother.
6: Unlike Ethan, I don't wear glasses. I have light brown hair, which is flat, from my mother. I have green eyes, from my father. I have light colored skin, also from my father.
5: In conclusion, Jackson and I appear to have different appearances, all because of heredity.
12: Excellent presentation, A plus, full marks.
5: You know, Jackson, you really stopped being an idiot to me. How come?
6: Oh, well, I really opened my eyes after that whole thing you told me while we were doing the project. I realized that you were a human, not a dead cow.
5: (laughs) So you bullied me because you thought I was a dead cow waiting to be picked on? (laughs) I guess so. Oh, wow. At least you have your brain in the right place.
6: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
7: Even Your Enemies Can Become Your Friends was written by Nabiha Islam. It was directed by Robert Gagno. The sound producer was Elizabeth Weber, and it featured the voices of Michael Benzinger, Ali Andre Ali, and Fleece. Nabiha's Rytopia Lab instructors were Danielle Schieler and Janelle Williams in partnership with PS89. The opening and interstitial music for this podcast was composed and performed by Malcolm Knowles. The music you are hearing right now was composed and performed by Ilan Izakoff. The head of our external competition is Madeline Taylor. The co-curator of our festival is Matthew Jellison. Our casting director is Oriya Temeski. Our sound designer is Robert A.K. Gagneau. Our line producer is Dara Swisher. And our artistic director is me, Dan Katroser. Thank you to Rebecca wallace Segal, Executive Director, and Jeremy wallace Segal, Chief Operations Officer of Rytopia Lab, as the work of Rytopia Lab is more vital than ever. And special thanks to Barry Waldorf, Tracy Rogers, and the Mellon Foundation, and Jamie Wolfe and the Rosenthal Family Foundation, and Rytopia Lab's board members, Kim Hartman and David Sherman, for their ongoing generosity to the Rytopia Lab Worldwide Plays Festival. Please check out our website at www.ritopialab.org and writopialab.org slash donate to donate now. All right, everybody, as I say, the great work begins.